Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Well, whoop de doo! It's twenty-four. <laughs> <laughs> this is a thing. <laughs> be permanent now. <laughs> <laughs> when, when we get to the good stuff, we will literally mean it. Uh, season six of Twenty-Four is here. Still, it's been here for nineteen weeks. We're into week twenty, and we're here to cover the twentieth episode of season six. The episode one a.m. to two a.m. And yep. Things are not really happening much. Uh, this was written by Howard Gordon and Evan Katz, directed by Brad Turner, aired on April the 30th, 2007, a day that will live in infamy because NBC inaugurated its regularly scheduled television service in New York City, broadcasting President Franklin D. Roosevelt's New York World's Fair opening day ceremonial address in 1939. And don't we all remember that day very, very well. I will say, birthday-wise, on April the 30th, happy birthday, Stephen Harper. Uh, the, oh, the last, former PM. Last non-Trudeau. Um, yeah. Is that right? Um, I also, so. Also, happy birthday, Adolf Hitler. Uh, <laughs> Good company. <laughs> gonna say, leaders of the free world. Um, have to say, I'm a bit disappointed that neither appear on the famous birthdays.com list. Um <laughs> I mean, no disrespect to Travis Scott rapper Lil TJ or ASKKJ TikTok star, but if you were to say the most famous person born on April 30th, whether you agree with him or not, Adolf Hitler probably would be number one. And also, appropriate to a conversation you and I had briefly seconds before we came on air, happy birthday, Gal Gadot. Gallimimus Gadot. Uh, we were talking about that at the time of recording this. This will actually be our last episode that we are recording in 2023, even though you were hearing this, of course, at the back end of February. And our best of is a thing. And I completely forgot that we had a funny moment last year <laughs> where I called Gallimimus Godot, Gallimimus Godot, because I thought her name was short for Gallimimus. Anyway, we're not here to talk about Gallimimus's Gala, Gala, Gallimimus. We're here to talk about 2020, 24, episode 20 of season six. My name is Ben and... Colin, you and I have had our difficulties in the past, but I want you to know that I value your role here and I appreciate your sacrifice. Well, I'm on the flip side of that because I was going to say, my name is Colin and working with you is becoming very uncomfortable. Well, fuck you. You're fine. <laughs> I don't like this. Um, Nick, you're up. Finish 24. Well, Brew, welcome to 24. I love it. <laughs> um, yeah, as I said last week, um, Jack has a nice conversation with Audrey. Secretary Heller shows up. Not much else happens. Um, we get this whole Lisa, Noah thing. Sounds weird, doesn't it? Um, Noah, Lisa. 
Um, yeah, I did, Noah would never be associated with a woman. My backup quote was going to be, I'm going to go take a quick shower. Noah's waiting for me to get back. <laughs> <laughs> I should have done with that. Oh, you should have done it. I'll close it out with it. Don't worry. Just pretend you never heard that. Um, yeah, it's just, again, we're in a holding pattern until we get even worse next week. I don't know. Like, it's just the back end, the, the, the closing of season six is just weird to me. It's just, it kind of, it hits a crescendo in like episode 18 when we said like, these feel like finales. And then 24 are like, ah, shit, we've still got six episodes to go. All right. Uh, remember that thing we did in season one? Let's do it again. Um, so that's basically what that's season two. So, yeah, I mean, it's this is going to be like bottom of the barrel bin, but it's just it's kind of a bland, boring episode with one nice scene, which potentially could be a top five. And, and I was actually two nice, one and a half. I like the hella Jack stuff at the end. That's kind of cool. Mm. Um, so I won't take away from that. But I mean, the Jack Audrey cuddle is pretty nice. Um, I, I'm pretty sure I said the same thing last week. I, I feel like if this and the previous episode were in the first third of the season or even the second third of the season, I'd accept it a lot more. It might even be decent enough to make a rent. But like, this is the end of the series. I mean, after this, we're into what the two night finale, or uh, did they still do that for season six? I think they did, right? I think they did. Uh, they, they should have just get over and done with. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it comes back next this week as quickly so. as possible. Uh, yeah, so they they do that. So this is technically one week away from the finale, True. and this is what we get. And like, if this were episode five or even episode fifteen, I think that some of the stuff here is decent. You do have to forgive that they have done this before, but I think in some ways what they're doing is slightly better. In some ways it isn't. Uh, it's just, it's not the right place in the season. And I, I almost wonder if they started to scramble when they realized that people weren't latching on to what they had. So when it came around time that, let, I don't know how far ahead they're really filming these things, but maybe they're at episode nine and 10. And they're like, oh, people really aren't liking this. Oh, well, we better better move up some of that big stuff we had at the end, like Palmer dying, which maybe that was reserved for the last four episodes. And instead they're left with this block, this, this, Empty void of a few episodes here where absolutely nothing big happens. And I also think, too, that you touched on the commentary last week about how, you know, coming up with ideas for next season. You're like, oh, next season, we're just going to go back to something basic. And we've talked about this season being a bit similar to season four and that it doesn't really have that one overarching like nuclear bomb virus, you know, presidential Mm -hmm. assassination uh, or nearly president assassination. It's sort of got a bunch of things. And I think that. Similar in a way what season four does suffer too, because you obviously I wasn't huge on the season four finale, is that when you don't have this big thing to focus on and you've kind of got a lot of little things, you kind of do get a bit lost in the sway. And I think that mm-hmm. while I'd argue that season four, again, doesn't have that one big thing, it's a lot more concise and together than season six in terms of what they did with that. Here, like, again, go to any 24 fan and say, what was the theme of season six? You'd be like... There was a nuclear bomb. Jack has a family. Family. Um, yep. I think there was a chip in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Regina King might have been on it. I don't quite recall. Yeah. Um, Powers Booth. Um, yeah. So, like, I mean, it's kind of like even... Shirtless Michael Shanks. That's what we remember. Well, like, right now, what what is... Like, they're trying to find this chip. And that's kind of the da-da-da plot... But, like, is that what this is about? Because it's kind of only about Jack wants to save Audrey and Noah's got a hard-on for a woman who's fucking a hotter man. No offence to Powers Booth, very attractive man. 
but I'm sure most people with eyes can see what Michael Shanks looks like. So <laughs> I, I'm sorry to Mrs. Booth uh, in real life <laughs> about your late great husband, but I think even Powers Booth would have gone, yep, Lisa, fair enough, it's <laughs> Michael Shanks. I understand. I'd have done the same thing, Lisa. <laughs> like, there are some people that if you were cheated on, it's hard, trust me, but even some people, <laughs> I would be like, it's Michael Shanks, what can I do? Yeah. <laughs> We had a good 80-day marriage. Um, I mean, he's Canadian. It could have happened. At least he wasn't English. Um, so, yeah. But, look, at the end of the day, this episode, I don't know. I'm just going to go in chronological order, I think, too. Sorry, Colin. Go, go for it. Uh, I was just going to say, this will almost cover half of my notes. But I feel like one of the biggest problems here is that everything that they're fighting against, all of this crisis, is Jack's doing. Mm. And... Well, As I poked holes in last week, and I'll continue to poke holes in this week, we learned that this could have easily been resolved by just stepping on that chip or peeing on it or dunking it in a puddle. Like, because they get it and it's already damaged. Like, oh, what are we going to do with this? You mean if you had just put a little bit more effort into like crushing this thing, they never asked to inspect it. Like, this could have all been done away with so quickly. And then everything else that they're battling is like, it's either completely irrelevant you know it's it's this uh little side love story thing or it's we got to find this chip that you know maybe there was probably a better way around getting around audrey back yeah but i like i the issue i think with that is that jack didn't know he wasn't going to inspect it so therefore like everything that kind of happened was one of these moments where I'd say Cheng was panicking because he was getting shot at. I don't think he had planned to like, he probably did plan yep. to inspect it and shoot. I get what you, I'm not disagreeing. But keep in mind you. though, Audrey left. He let yeah. her leave the building before Jack handed it over. All he had to do then is says, just kidding. But, <laughs> and just step on it. But, but at the end of the day too, you remember Jack does say like, once he's out of the, once she's out of the line of your snipe. So he, like he's reading the, I get what you're saying. I'm not disagreeing with you, but I would also just counter it. And I, I kind of think, what are you doing defending season six? Who are you? Jack, Jack's kind of right in this episode. It's also, I also do, and of course I'm going to blame Mike a little bit as well. Just listen to Jack. <laughs> we know if this show was called Just Listen to Jack, it would be called 12. So if they had to just let Jack kill himself, over with. Oh, so. Would have had no 789 or, well, it would have been okay without Legacy. <laughs> would have had, had no 789. Would have had Mike. Uh, Mike Doyle Legacy oh, coming dear. soon to Fox. Uh, my name is Mike Doyle and this is the longest day of my life. <laughs> uh, <laughs> God, imagine that. Anyway, so actually I won't do a chronological order because I think that, that there's only two plot lines in this really that we can get over with quickly. So basically the White House, um, Powers Booth is all like, Hey, so, uh, sorry about you firing your husband, Karen, that must suck for you. Anyway, I got to find this chip. And they're like, yep, cool. Uh, oh, by the way, President Russia's on the phone. Oh, that's unusual. It's nearly like 5am for us, but sure. Hey, uh, President of Russia, Australian actor guy, I like you. Uh, what's up? He's like, yes, you steal components, bastard. We invade you. Um, I do love, like, another, like, this is why I'm sad we don't get Powell's booth as a president for an entire season because he's an amazing president. And he's just mm. kind of like, um, yeah, hi, thanks for that. So uh, we're handling it. Just a reminder, one of the guys that let a nuclear bomb off on our country today was Russian. So, like, uh, shut the fuck up. We could nuke you. So, bye. Um, so that's, I kind of like how he's, like, standing up to him. But I, I like this kind of standoff between the two of them. And, I mean, God, Russian president here straight away. Like, hey, so... Don't get that chip back. I'm sending my troops to like invade Asia. Um, so it's like, 
Okay, lol, not not Kyrgyzstan, please, no, not Tajikistan, <laughs> no, not Tajikistan, ah, um, not our beloved countries. Uh, in all seriousness, Tajikistan, Kyrgyzstan, read about them. They are some crazy countries. Um, and no disrespect Please. to them. If you're listening to us, we like you. It's it's just like they're very like they like North Korea and the fact that they're very isolated and they don't really broadcast themselves to the world. And if you read about them, it's very interesting stuff. I think it's Tajikistan. I'm looking where, to see if we have any listeners there. By the way, <laughs> I don't think they're allowed to listen to things that their president doesn't <laughs> let them to. I think it's Tajikistan is the country that like their dictator president loves the color white. And not probably for those reasons you're thinking of. Uh, maybe he does. I don't know. But like he, like every building in the country like is white. And like every, like there was a, I had a guy I worked with. They had like a, an East Asian games, had a multi-sport games there. And it was one of these rare times they opened up the country to other like journalists and stuff. And he said his only memory of like that country was every venue was white. Everything was white. Statues were white. Like it was a very strange place. People were white. <laughs> well, that's not unusual for some countries. Uh, anyway, point is, uh, they're like, how did the Russians find out? And they're basically like, oh, there must be a mole. <laughs> so all the, just, just saying, oh, fuck, what do we do in season six? Remember that thing in season one we did and season two and season three and season four <laughs> and season five? Yeah, which one was it? The mole. That's... Jenkins, Ray's, put that on the list. How, how did we get 20 episodes in and almost forgot it? Uh, it's as common as CTU getting invaded. Wait, that's still a couple of weeks away. Um, but anyway, so, oh, no, there's a mole. And we're going to find out straight away that it's Michael Shanks because here he is. Lisa's gone home and she's getting attacked by Stargate SG-1's Michael Shanks. Uh, and they've got to have hot, steamy sex because we can't see hot, steamy sex between Noah Daniels and Lisa because that would be awkward because he's old and big. But no, he's sexy and got an open shirt and we're going to rip her shirt open and sex. Um, but then while she's, while she's showering, he's stealing stuff out of a phone, which I still argue is with technology that we can't even do in 2024. But hey, cool, good for him. He's Canadian. He had some smart stuff in 2007. Um, meanwhile, I, I, this is a, such a, it's such a season six episode. Who's the mole? We must do investigation. Just like we did a couple of weeks ago. It's Nadia. Okay. This week. <laughs> Who's the mole? It's Lisa. Okay. <laughs> sure. All right. Shit's got to happen. Uh, so, but like one thing I actually will applaud this for being a little bit different is unlike the Alexis storyline when kind of we had the curly head uh, diet Michelle Dessler back in season one, basically mm. like draw it out for a little bit this time around, like Noah straight away, like I fucked up. Sorry, yeah. Tom. I was doing her. I mean, check her out. She's hot. Uh, you know, since my beloved wife died, rubbing his ring. <laughs> two years ago. I want to remind you, but like two years, but you said it last week. You, you kind of sympathize with him a little bit more. Cause you kind of yeah. like, Oh, this guy's like, hang-. and like, he still obviously loves it cause he's wearing the ring. Like, I'm like, Oh, bless this man. So, um, obviously we kind of have that. She comes back. It's like, do, 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 do. Hey, run the white house. What's going on? You needed me back. Oh, that's awkward. It's like, Oh, the Russians find out. Oh, that's awkward. That's unusual. Yeah. I can smell man on you. You're having sex with a real man. <laughs> You were having sex with TV's Michael Shanks. Uh, <laughs> yes, I was. <laughs> He's wearing. I know that smell anywhere. That's Michael Shanks scent. <laughs> That's a man smell. <laughs> Only five men on this planet emit the manly smell of men, and one of them is Michael <laughs> Shanks. Um, so I always get him confused with. My, is it my? Who is the Shield guy? Was that Michael Chiklis? 
Oh, that's chickless, yeah. Different, different. I mean, I don't get the confusion of the way they look. They're both very attractive yeah. <laughs> men. One's got hair, one's bald. But, like, the names are similar in a way yeah. that they're both called Michael. <laughs> <laughs> There's not a lot of Michaels in the world, so I can see where the confusion lies. Shanks and chickless. <laughs> so, damn, all those Michaels, they look the same. Bloody hell. Michael Clark Duncan. Always get him confused Which, with Michael Shanks. Who who was the one who sang Thriller? Was that the guy from The Shield or the guy from Stargate? <laughs> Who's that guy I've got the tattoo with one of those Formula One races? <laughs> was that <laughs> Michael Clark Duncan? Uh, <laughs> hello. Um, I'm sure Michael Chiklis gets that all the time. Loved you in the Green Mile. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Doyle oh, they, like, Hey I love the Off the Wall album It was great um, I think we just found our first 2024 best of moment Recorded in 2023 funnily enough um, Anyway Michael's aside um, So basically Lisa's all getting accosted by The president and they're all like Hey yep so you're gonna have to Go back in and do that thing we did in season one And find out more information so we should clarify, Lisa's technically not evil. She didn't know. She was just bucking a guy who apparently happened to be in a watch list. And I, again, I don't, I mean, I barely remember the last next couple episodes because I blocked them out because they're not very good. But I don't really think we ever truly find out, like, what what is the deal with Michael Shanks? Like, why is he like, you know, like, it's so rushed and like, hey, he's like on the phone to like Dimitri in like Beverly Hills. Sup, Dimitri? So that hot blonde chick I'm nailing. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's got to get pretty lucky that, like, this is all happening. Like, did they know that the president was going to be killed and that Noah will be in control? Did they know that this component, like, it's it's all, like, you can't read too much in this. Yeah. It's season six because it does not make sense. But, like, it's also, even with, with what's his face, a Russian guy, when he rings up, it's like, hey, so, heard you got this chip. And it's like, yep. But even he kind of implies, like, I believe these have lots of Russian secrets on it. You're the president of Russia. Like, shouldn't you know? Like, no disrespect to the United States, but I kind of think Russia probably has a lot of their secrets and things like that a little bit more in control than America. So I'm sure you probably have this stuff information. You probably got, like, your book on the table. Things not to let other people steal because they have Russian things in them. Plot seven, nuclear bombs because it has a chip in it. Um, anyway, uh, it's just... Sure. Um, you're done? Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> All right. So just as an update, we uh, have no listeners in Turkmenistan. Oh, uh, none in Afghanistan. Well, uh, what are the Trumps doing out there? <laughs> Tajikistan, none. Although we have had uh, at least one listener in Uzbekistan. Ah. So thank you, Uzbekistan, for supporting the show. And I'm, three in Kazakhstan. I'm glad we, we reached to the stands. So... <laughs> We've got to work on our... A lot of... Quite a few in Russia, though, so let's be careful here what we say. Um, I, I, one of the best songs I did listen to me basically making a plea to Russia that if they knocked on their door and like, Ben, you want to join us? I'd be like, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Next time he's jobless. I mean, like... it'll pick up the phone. I just, like, this episode hopefully just won't be heard by the Americans and I'm trying to move back to your country next year. But honestly, <laughs> if, you know, Russia may be a good offer. You know, I'm fine with that. Um... Uh, I will say I like uh, the scene between Powers Booth and Lisa. Uh, yeah, because they have over softened him a little bit, but you get that one brief line and it's completely understandable where he's coming from, but it still is like, oh, this is a politician where he's more or less saying, I don't remember all of his dialogue, but more or less saying, listen, you're going to go to prison. Um, 
But as long as you don't say anything about being involved with me, then you're free. You know, so in, in this very, and I understand why he's doing it. I mean, he should. He's very threatening, but, isn't he? That's right. Yeah. 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 But, uh, and the look she has, I mean, when he's leaving and she's just looking back, because I'm not saying I feel that bad for her because at the same time, she's sleeping with the president and then sleeping with another guy on the side. And the president has literally just propositioned her. And said, <laughs> but like, the president has just said, I want you to spend the night with me. me. Okay, okay, let me just uh, go uh, freshen up first. She goes to freshen up with Michael Shanks, and then it comes back to him. I mean, you? <laughs> why not? My shower but, uh... was just Michael Shanks spitting water on me. I'd be fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Michael. But, Pass the soap. <laughs> but with, uh, with Michael Shanks, I... I... I had seen a little bit of the Stargate show. I'm a huge fan of the Stargate movie. Like, I, I, I love, love the Stargate movie. And James Spader played that character in the Stargate movie, and he did it so well that when that Stargate TV show came out, every time I tried to watch it, I was just bothered. It's like, this guy's no James Spader. And, and no knocking Michael Shanks, because anything I've seen him outside of Stargate, I've loved. I remember when this episode came out, I'm not saying I loved him in this, because it's not that significant a role, but it's like, oh, the guy from Stargate is on... Because that like... I think that's, uh, is it, uh, I think it might've been surpassed by Smallville and now Supernatural is the longest running sci-fi show in like American television history. But I mean, that, that show was like so huge. So it's kind of a big deal. They got him, but then it's a little bit wasted here. Um, I mean, since then he's been Hawkman. He was your first live action Hawkman on Smallville. Mm. And then, uh, the, the great Canadian show Saving Hope, um, which Wendy Crewson was also on, uh, he's, uh, more or less the main star the, the show centers around him like it, it's a cool premise because doesn't he's it a center doctor. around hope <laughs> well the, the hospital is called hope oh i thought <laughs> so erica yes, durant you, was you are hope. correct no well it, she's another doctor who works at hope oh, so it centers around I all of this them, was I like a progressive female-led doctor show but now it's just around michael shanks sexist well, canadians the, the, <laughs> what, what it actually is is that she's engaged to michael shanks and uh, right before their wedding mm. Right before the wedding, he gets in a car accident. And he spends the first season in a coma. But when he's in a oh. coma, he's wandering around the hospital talking to other people who are either ghosts or people who are this like sure in sounds coma. Amazing. <laughs> it's, it's really out there. But then he comes out of the coma and it just becomes a regular doctor. But he's a doctor who now can basically oh. see dead people. It's like the Sixth Sense meets ER. It's a really cool show. But uh, wow. Uh, but yeah, yeah like, Grey's he's, Anatomy he's... do that every week and they treat it like it's normal. <laughs> Within your first episode of Saving Hope, we're a supernatural show, by the way. Okay. Grey's Anatomy, we are very realistic. Okay. But, but I mean, I love him on Saving Hope and I love him in anything I've seen uh, outside this. I've never seen Arctic the Arctic Blast, Blast or whatever. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but uh, I'll, I'll put it on my list because I get a Michael lot of recommendations. Goes to Hobart. Come on. <laughs> But I mean, this this is very rushed, and like I, uh, you, you basically confirm my question. Like, how far do they really get into this? Because I said last week that I felt like similar to the Evelyn plotline, where you're throwing in this White House staffer at the last minute, and here's this thing that's apparently been going on the whole season, but we're only finding out about it now. That the Evelyn one was a little bit more far fetched. Now I'm actually questioning whether it is because, as you said. They didn't know it was going to come to this. This mm. is just sort of like a happy accident that uh, they they got this, that they didn't turn this bomb uh, into destroying the United States. And then this chip would have been destroyed anyways. So True. like, has this guy, how long has he been sleeping with her? And what is this just, he's sleeping with her and he's a regular spy. And then somebody gave him a call and said, oh, by the way, that lady you're sleeping with, you know, the one that's also screwing the president, um, she might be able to get us some information on some missing secrets that we accidentally hid inside something as small as a USB drive. We really should have been more careful with that. Can you just, I don't know, uh, give her give her a good plowing and 
<laughs> and then and then just see if you can get it back from us. Like it's all very convenient. I don't I don't but, know but how far they get you, into but, this. But you, you're right because that's what. And this is why, like again, season one, because you have that with Alexis. They kind of are like they. You see the phone calls between him and the other the other brothers, don't you? Because they're all like mm-hmm. like oh, we need to find out where Palmer's going. They've changed his schedule, so you need to see her again. Yeah. Um, so like, like you get that, like hundred percent, like, yeah. Uh, I mean, other than that, the, uh, the only other thing I really want to call it just a small powers booth moment that again, probably every time I'm no, giving something credit, I feel like it's, 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 it's not something that's in the script. I doubt, uh, because the dialogue we get like you said, with him and Suvorov, he's like, well, hold on a second. But when he first gets that, uh, oh, by the way, president Suvorov is on the line for you. He has this look of panic that crosses his face. He's like, oh no. I, I like to see that Daniels is intimidated by, maybe not intimidated by Sue Raw, but he's intimidated by something. He's like, oh, I didn't need this right now. And we don't really get that from him. I mean, the, we, we had like sympathetic Daniels last week, and now we're getting Daniels isn't necessarily like the guy who's going to just walk all over everybody. Like there's something that makes him quake a little bit. Yeah, and I think, yeah, no, I agree. And But I, I like that level. And this is, again, it's not to take away from from what we're going to get in the next couple of seasons with with Taylor and everything along those lines. You just you don't really have it a season for Daniels, unfortunately. But, um, mm. you know, I think they the way they can sympathize but still have him strong. Because, like, honestly, like, I kind of always forget that. Like, I always think that he's cheating on his wife, like, with Lisa, like, because he's a bit sleazy. He's yeah. a bit, like, you know, whatever. But he's not. He's, like, sympathetic and everything. The one, the one little, like, 24 plot always got to contradict a previous plot in a way is... Remember back when, like, Audrey was evil for, like, five minutes because, you know, one person said something and they found out she was <laughs> fucking someone evil in a hotel, so they tortured her? Walt, yeah. So why aren't they torturing Lisa? Because they found out she's fucking somebody evil in a hotel. They're just like, oh, well, you can just go back in there. Yeah. Why didn't they? I know, I know Walt was dead, I mean, but, like, still. I, 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 I'm going to I'm gonna now defend season six. We're really doing this poorly. I mean, <laughs> this is not like us. Something's wrong. Uh, but I think the fact that Daniels does not even want to have any possibility of it coming out that he was involved True. with her is probably the reason why. Yeah. Uh, all right. So we want to finish this episode in 16 minutes and I'm going to do it. Yes. Um, because I think honestly, the last bit is really pretty easy to talk about because essentially Jack and Doyle have a bit of a fight. He's like, why didn't you let me kill myself? And Doyle's like, because I'm an idiot. And Jack's like, yeah, you fucking are. So they go back to CTU. We meet maybe the worst character that we've had in a while. Cause we haven't oh. had Josh, this doctor. Oh my God. Uh, and he cannot be a real actor. I got to look this up. He's like, and, and and I, you know, I hate the character of Josh. I hate the character of Mike, but at least Ricky Schroeder and rest in peace actor who plays uh, Josh, like they're not the worst actors I've ever seen, but they're also not amazing. This guy is horrible. This doctor is just like, I am in control of Audrey and no, Jack can't touch her and I'm a doctor. Is he, who, who is he? Colin, you've got a weird well, face. Well, um, yeah, I, well, J.C. McKenzie. I mean, he's Canadian, so oh, well, good for you. Say, where's he from? Uh, like he's, Manitoba? Uh, it just says Ontario. Well, that uh, explains it. He's been on Ottawa. House of Cards. He's been on The Shield with Michael. Was that was that Chickless or Shanks? I can't so remember. getting confused. Uh, he is a frequent collaborator of Martin Scorsese and has been in both The Aviator and The Wolf of Wall Street. Martin Scorsese hired this guy. Obviously not off this. Probably his lover. Um, uh, <laughs> so, I mean, if you are gay, Martin Scorsese, good for you. But uh, I don't know. Why, why did I just imply Martin Scorsese's gay? I mean, just because you have sex with a man doesn't mean you're gay. You can have a fling and you can try it out and you can move on. I've heard from people. Anyway, um, <laughs> where am I going with this? Uh, 14 minutes, Ben. So basically this doctor's horrible and he's all like, 
basically in order, like she's being tortured by Chinese and she's got nothing in her head that makes sense. We need to torture her and she might die. What? Uh, <laughs> didn't do this with Jack when he came out of the freaking uh, sexist, sexist doctors. That's all I'm saying. Um, which again, it's such season six. You go from zero to 100, you go full R word in the space of like 30 minutes. Like it's just ridiculous. That's the R word. You've gone full ridiculous. Uh, it's you, You're just taking this to a level. So then what does this mean? Oh, here we go. Jack's got to go against the man again. Uh-oh, someone's coming down the stairs. Got a knife, have they? Uh, <laughs> also, can I just point out in the best of last year, I thought it was only once you got something. There were two moments on the best of where Jamie threw something at you. If what, I had, what was the other one? There was like, you got thrown. It was uh, Mr. Potato Head's eyes. And then it was... <laughs> Because I, I literally called a section on the best of Mr. Potato Head's eyes. I'm like, what's that? So, <laughs> I wish I had have listened to it properly so I could have lumped them both together. But so there's two separate tracks separate from each other where you had both things thrown at you. So twice Jamie did it last year. Um, oh, we're going to have to keep an eye on her to report this. One week someone's going to hit you in the head and you're going to get knocked out. I'm just going to be like, Colin? <laughs> Colin. All right, moving on. Um, so, yeah, uh, basically they're going to shock her. They've gone full R word. Jack's going to go against the man. I, one thing I kind of like laugh at is when passive Mike Doyle and Mike's like coming in and like, oh, like, yep, so Jack, they're not going to let you question Audrey. I disagree with the decision. Why are you uncuffing me? Just make it look good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, love, I love the look of Jack's face. He's like, finally, I can hurt this guy more. Um, so anyway, he knocks him out. He, Jack does his, don't fight it, don't fight it. <laughs> I love it when Jack's like hurting a friend. So Jack... Goes around, punches some people, and, and th- we get a good scene here. I love Jack taking Audrey downstairs and like having this. Like, I've marked it as a potential top five. It won't be a top five because I think we've covered a few in the last few weeks, and there's at least one good one to come. Um, but it's, I, you know, I'm a sucker for a good Jack, Jack and Audrey scene and a Jack life scene. So just him, like, what does he say? Like, I love you with all my heart. And like, you know, and again, these are these moments. Remember, people, in like two seasons when Jack takes a certain way against a woman, he fucks once. Um, but yes, here he is. And then basically everyone storms it. They save Jack. There's a standoff. And then we get Bloomfield, Bloomfield or Bloomington. What did she say? Bloomington, Bloomfield, Bloomingdale's. I think, I think it's Bloomingfield or Bloomingfield, something like that. Bloomingdale. She wants to go shopping. Um, <laughs> oh, by the way, I, I put the book away because there wasn't a lot in it this week. But um, we kept saying, well, I kept saying that um, Kim Raver couldn't do a full season because I thought she'd gone to Grey's at this point. There was that very short-lived show with her and Brooke Shields and I think think who was the other really famous um oh, i've gone blank on her name uh the nine i think it was called was that the one? Oh no that was lipstick jungle she was in with brooke shields and not selma hayek um oh she was in the american version of kath and kim but the nine i remember the nine being try- they were trying to market it as a big deal and it it failed so that got cancelled halfway through and apparently kim rave was saying in the book that she wanted to still do 24 but her her filming schedules just couldn't work and basically they were they kept having like talks with her and they had really good ideas and they eventually were able to make it work. So anyway, um had John Billingsley in it. I like him. He's been in a few things. And Scott Wolf, the esteemed. Um anyway, sorry, I remember the nine being a thing, but I think I watched one episode of it because it was Kim Raver and I didn't like it. Anyway, uh so um there's that. But then we find out that Secretary Heller, he's a hell of a fella. There he is. Oh, I should mention Ken Leung because uh, I, I forgot all about the Chang stuff. Chang's angry because the chip's being damaged. Ken Choi, you Kenneth mean? Ken Choi, not Ken Leung. Uh, 
It's the same thing with Michaels. It's not racist. You got too many Kenneths. It's nothing to do with race, right? Exactly. Kenneth Choi. There he is. <laughs> Sorry, that wasn't a thing because of the, the race. It was the Kens. Um, I often get him confused with Ken from Barbie as well. Um, and, and Kent Brockman. But so, yeah, the, the chip's damaged, so they're going to have to find someone to do it. Oh, Chloe and Morris have a bit of a, a thing because Morris can't get transferred. There's some other CT stuff covered that. Um, and, yeah, so basically Hell is in. He's a hell of a fella. And I kind of like this inconspicuous reemergence of Secretary Heller. There he is. It's like, cool. <laughs> like, you know, because you do, if you pay attention to the names, you see Willem Devane in the opening credits. I'm like, oh, there he's back this episode. But, like, this is a man who thought his daughter was dead. And he's just shocked, sh- showed up. But we, I mean... I like this scene, but I, the reason I'm probably maybe not going to rate this as like a super high like scene is like Twenty Four Wiki pointed out in the credit in their trivia as well. This is a, a another repeat scene. We've kind of had this scene with Jack, like with a little bit with Mason, kind of. I think it was season one when he's like, "Have you ever noticed there's a body count everywhere you go?" But this mm. is very similar to the Kim scene last season, which I love, which ultimately from memory did not make the top five when she's just like, I can't be around you because every time around you, people die and I know it's your fault. Uh, no, that's not your fault. But Hela basically takes it here like, you're a death curse, Jack. Like, everything you touch dies. And then again, you get a great moment with, like, Kiefer at the end kind of just, like, looking so solemn. And it's, it's a great scene. Uh, I will say it is topped by the Jack, Audrey, and Hela scene in the final few minutes of this season because we do get to see them again in the closing moments. But I still love it. It just it, it feels like it comes out of nowhere. You know what I mean? Like, it's because it's all of a sudden, like, you literally cut to a scene and Hella's in a room with her, and he's just like, Yeah, I'm going to take it away. Oh, by the way, Jack, you suck, you're cursed. Bye. And then it's like, it, it's gone. Like, it's just, it's a very season six scene. So that's my criticism of it. It feels like it comes out of nowhere. Whereas at least the Audrey Jack, like, cuddle in the basement, that's a bit of a build up over the last couple of weeks. So anyway, I've breezed through all of that. Uh, probably spent too long on the White House stuff compared to this is maybe the one part where it's mm. okay. But I don't know, Colin's fine with it, so whatever. And I mean, Kenneth again, we, Choi. Kenneth Choi, yes. Again, we just have, like, you know, Audrey, the, the, this doctor who says she's, what, a, a class three catatonic or something like so that. Bad. And then Fuck this guy. Um, Jack knocks out Doyle. They hide out. They, they try to blowtorch through the door, <laughs> uh, which... That's very dramatic. Uh, uh, the, the one thing I will say that uh, you didn't really touch on is, uh, again, Nadia as a different type of boss here. True. Uh, the fact that w- when Morris uh, is, or she's approaching Morris, I understand that you put him for a transfer. And he's like, yes, I uh, I don't think that it's good for me to work anymore. And she, she basically says, don't drag your personal melodrama to workplace. I'm like, yeah, you go, Nadia. That's a theme <laughs> for everything in CTU for six seasons. <laughs> but, uh, but even the fact that like she's, I, I guess... She's not taking one side or the other with the doctor versus Jack, but she's like, listen, we need to get in this room. Like, like she's commanding people and it's not over the top the way you'd expect it to be. Um, I, I Jack knocking out Doyle. I, I, I kind of like that again. It's something we've seen before, but it's, it's great. I don't like it for the same reason as you. I just think there's like, although from Doyle's point of view, like this, the Jedi this is evil. never going to fly. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's never going to fly. Like he, he's like, I don't want to, or I can't let you go, but make it look good. He's still going to be asked, how did he get out of his cuffs? You know, and, and we already know there's cameras everywhere here, so I don't know what Doyle's plan is. Uh, I, I think that I'm slightly higher on the Heller scene, actually, for the reason that you don't like it as much, and that's that it does sort of just come out of nowhere. I almost feel like there might have been a deleted scene, although there was none on the DVD, uh, where Heller was introduced earlier. I just wish that it hadn't been spoiled in the credits, because we've been going yeah. through all these trivia week after week. Every time somebody comes back, they don't put the name in there. Mm-hmm. And... 
I can just imagine how great this would have been and how well it would have played if you just have them sitting down. You're like, whoa, whoa, I didn't 100%. see that coming. Because yep. even with like with uh, uh, Audrey when she comes back, like the way they filmed it, again, great for dramatic purposes, but we're going to hear the voice and then we're going to see the lower half of her face and then we're going to zoom up a little bit more. Just have them sit down. Like that's such an effective way to bring back such an important character. And uh, and you're right. This is the, you know, Jack, uh, somebody is a casualty of Jack scene that we've seen so many times. But I think that uh, what whereas I think that like the, the the Kim scene last season was a better dramatic scene. What I like better about this is that Heller just has a good point. I don't know if Kim really has that good of a point. It is her dad after all. Right. And she does. She put herself into most of those situations. I think what works with this is that he's being very honest. He's not being angry at Jack. He's just like, Jack, this isn't going to work anymore, okay? <laughs> just go your separate ways. So uh, it, it is a great scene. It, it's great to have him back, even if it is just a limited uh, capacity. Uh, just one more thing to add. That uh, show, The Nine, you were talking about, I just looked it up. Uh, the main lead on that show is another 24 actor, Lourdes Benedicto, who played Carrie Turner, mm. the, the girl who's at odds with Michelle back in, what was it, season two because of the brother. Mm. Yeah, no, I saw her name. And I kind of thought, yeah, it looks familiar. And the other one that I got confused with, funny enough, Lipstick Jungle. So it was Brooke Shields and Lindsay Price. I, I don't, I thought it was Selma Blair for some reason, but wrong, wrong one. Uh, also had Paul Blackthorne in it from 24. So Kim likes to oh. work with uh, with Saunders. And I'm looking at this cast photo with Paul Blackthorne hanging out with Kim Raver and Brooke Shields. He's doing all right there, old Paul. Uh, go on, we're we're going to be scrapping Suddenly Susan from our Patreon recaps I, and adding Lipstick I Jungle. I actually think I watched like an episode because it was it was, it was was one of these weird... I think it was similar with The Nine. They, were, they weren't really aired on Australian TV, so you kind of had to like hunt them. And mm. I remember like Lipstick Jungle was just one of these like... It was it was odd. It was very female, like, you know, like a Desperate Housewives show. Ben, you probably shouldn't be watching that as a 20-year-old. But like it was just... It was a bit different and I liked it. Um, and I just like, that's one thing I always appreciated about Kim Raver is that she kind of had this period where it was like, she had third watch for so long, went to 24, was doing so well. Then before she landed Grey's, which is obviously, I think what most people know her from now is that she kind of had this period where she was doing like the nine lipstick jungle. Like it was just these rotating, you know, roles of random shows that didn't last before sadly she went to Grey's Anatomy and yes. And one more thing, the nine, uh, one of the frequent guest stars in the show, Show Corey Stoll, uh, no. not Peter Sarsgaard, Corey Stoll. <laughs> Good to know. Um, all right, we got four minutes. Um, nothing really on the trivia side of things. Uh, I love this episode. Marks the first appearance of Will and Devane as James Heller since Dave. Thanks for that. Um, and he's a hell of a fella, and I believe we don't see him again until the finale. Uh, so, uh, which again is a great scene. We get to see his nice house overlooking a cliff in California, which is always a nice thing. Um, uh, nothing in the book. I've already read it. I'm still binning it. It's it's just it's just flat. It's just to me. It's just it's not like a bin. It's not next week. Um, it's just as I said in my review of it on my on the article for this, and we posted in a couple of years. There's a nice scene between Jack and Audrey. Secretary Hell is back. Literally nothing else happens. Uh, I don't know. I, I I'm intrigued to see where you're going with this. I'll tell you where I rank it in a sec as well. Uh, I'm, I'm with you. I'm binning it. I was, I was a little bit more optimistic after last week. Cause there was promise in last week's episode, not a lot, but there was some promise in it. And this, it is just a lot of nothing. Um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic again for next week, having not watched it. Uh, but, uh, uh now I'm let down because I could see a reaction and you choking back your laughter. Uh, I'm ranking this at 129th, by the way. Uh, and overall it will finish at 185th. 
We're not that far off. I've got it at 121, so it's just slightly higher. So many times this season, I have said this is the worst episode of all time. Many times I have said this is the worst episode of the season. Next week is officially the worst episode of the season. There will be no other episodes I will rank lower than this. Episode 22 and 23 will be just above it, but this will be officially the lowest ranked season six episode. But I will say and spoil this, there will be 10 more episodes worse than this in the history of 24, all from season seven and legacy. So this will not officially be the worst episode of 24 in history. I would read out my synopsis for next week, but it's long and it spoils a lot. Let's just say, if you like your 24 episodes of, hey, let's do that thing we've done plenty of times, like The Mole, let's invade CTU because reasons. Um, And we are going to get maybe the most pointless major character death we ever get in the history of 24 next week that is literally forgotten about in 10 minutes. And if I'm not mistaken, next week, the Bauer family storyline returns. Yay. Uh, you said is, you haven't watched it yet? No, but is, is it real? I thought that it was like in the last two episodes where insert person's name dies, who where may or may not be famous beverage in Australia gets shot in the head. Um, so, no, it's next week. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> Actual reaction to that episode. Wow. I, 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 would, I would say what my thought was on how the character has been handled in the last couple of weeks, except that's going to give it away, but uh, I'll save it for next week. I remember watching it live and going, oh, like, you know, and that's what it's meant to do. But like, again, when you know it's happening and you re- really live it, you're kind of like, wow, that was completely wasted. And what was the point of that? And yes, we do get James Cromwell returns next week as this fucking Josh Bauer and Marilyn Bauer. So shoot me in the dick right now. Um, actually, do we get Josh back next week? No, we only get uh, Marilyn. So, oh, thank God. No, Josh. Uh, but he's coming back anyway. Uh, like, subscribe, do all the things. Look at this. I'm wrapping this up on time. Well done. Um, we've obviously just finished anniversary month this week. We start Ghostbusters month. Who are you going to call the Oz Network? <laughs> um, <laughs> stick to your real jokes, Ben. And uh, do all the things and everything else in between. My name is Ben, and I'm going to take a quick shower. Noah's waiting for me to get back. Nicely done. Uh, And my name is Michael. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff yes sir do you like having access to your favorite podcast hosts in a way like never before yeah absolutely do you wish you had access to our old survivor oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online oh yeah if you answered yes to one two or all of those questions then get excited because the oz network is now on patreon That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. (laughs) 
For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. <laughs>